You're listening to The Soju Sessions, episode 53, on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. I'm your host, Crispy, also known as Crispy Wonton, or simply just Anton, and on today's episode, Haley from the Soju Talk Nation, part of the Gochu Gang, joins the show. And we get into some very, very discussion. We talk about their brand new song, Undercover. Uh, we do talk about Haley's K-pop origin story. She is an OG of K-pop. She has been around for over a decade. And we get into some literary discussion. Um, turns out Haley is a literary genius. Um, not only does she read an inordinate number of books in any given month, but she is uh, an amazing creative mind in how she sees and perceives these stories, how she interprets them, and how she intellectualizes them. I think it is uh, definitely an exercise in, um, you know, well thought out, I don't know, literary analysis day so um you know i tried to keep up with the best of my abilities but i would say Haley kind of just stole the show here so um really happy to have her on and you know i i say this all the time with brand new guests and i will definitely have them on um in the future but uh Haley and i do get to some planning in the show so um she will definitely return We've definitely got a spot for her. We've definitely got some ideas already. So uh, this is not the last you'll hear from her. And uh, yeah, she's she's incredible. Incredible. Great, great human being. Great story. Uh, a lot of great things uh, to, to say about her. And a lot of great things she has to say just about life and in general. All right, that's, that's enough of me. Uh, let's get right to it. Coming up, my chat with Haley on the Soju Sessions. Welcoming to Soju Sessions, a member of the Gochu Gang, um, a very uh, thoughtful, very literary... Um, intelligent human being, someone who um, grasps the power and knowledge of the written word. A one and only Haley joins the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of this course. Is be fun. Yeah, no. Um, again, this is all a big project of trying to get more voices visible and seen from the Soju Talk Nation. So if you've seen Haley's username around um she is a gochu gang member she votes fairly consistently uh that's why i'm able to kind of pinpoint and find who the gochu gang members are um and yeah she uh you know honestly a bit of a mystery don't really know too much about her but i did stalk her instagram a little bit um don't worry this is a this is a a mutual stalking i'm sure um it, it's something that i did let her know ahead of time that was going to happen so i've got, I've got some questions some things to uh, really dig into but let's start with you and your k-pop origin story so where did it all begin who did you first start listening to and what were your first memories of k-pop yeah fourth grade <laughs> and um i'm 25 to put it into perspective so i've been 
into I'll call it K culture. I was listening to something earlier and it kind of talked about how K-pop is not just about the music but the culture. So in general with Korean culture, I've been really into it since 4th grade. My best friend, her name was Michelle, we're no longer friends anymore, but she um she's Korean. She got me into K-pop by showing me Shinwa, I think was like the first introduction. Yeah. And I don't know, she'd like show me stuff here and there on and off and then I really like got into it in middle school when she showed me Big Bang and 21 Lollipop. <laughs> that was a banger. And then like I feel like not too long after that, Tomorrow with Taeyang and Pablo is like really what sold me with Big Bang. And that's when I got into Epic High too. So it's been like a very <laughs> long time, 12, 13 years that I've been consistently into K-pop and K-culture. But it's been a fun ride seeing how it's developed. You are an OG of OGs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people that really. Yeah. I think you're, I wouldn't say last of a dying breed, but kinda, essentially, right? Where I feel like, I mean, just by sheer numbers and just the volume of young people entering and finding the medium, um, you're going to have fairly younger audiences. Um, K pop in general is um, skewed towards. Um, younger demographics as far as the new idols and new music so it's really interesting to hear someone who, who has been around since uh, like oh, you said yeah. fourth grade um, <laughs> and kind of resurfacing a lot of these memories and these artists right who um, in a lot of ways probably had their ups downs and almost points of being forgotten but in a weird way we kind of have a renaissance now I mean Epic High just finished up a North American tour yes. um, Big Bang Still Life <laughs> And uh, we, we, now we have to talk about this. What are your thoughts and feelings about 21 returning at Coachella this year? Like, I feel like I was surprised, but not surprised when I saw that, just because I, I feel like YG had to do it. I don't even know if it's YG, but I feel like they had to do it. So I don't know. I was really excited because then it's like, okay, we're gonna, we got Big Bang this year. Are we going to get something new from them? I don't know. But I was I was pleasantly surprised to see them. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, exciting. Yeah. Well, just to kind of clarify, so um, all four of the members are no longer with YG. I think Dara was the last. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she just left. Uh, I mean, not even just left. I think she she's the most recent one to have left. I think she surprised everyone because she had been there for so long, um, and I think they went pretty quiet aside from CL, right? CL had her big oh, yeah. um like musical resurgence last year in the fall with her album. Um I think she is on her own. She, okay. I was just talking about this with yeah. a friend. I don't want to misquote my friend, so yeah. I'm not going to say what label yeah. she thought she was from, but I do think CL is on her own right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I forgot they're like, yeah. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> it was nice to see them together. Oh, that was that was nice. Yeah. Good reunion. Yeah. Um, well, kind of take me back into, you know, yeah. experiencing K-pop as a younger person um, and kind of reflecting on how in your formative years, how you developed like your identity as a consumer of media, consumer of music, consumer of culture. Um, how did that have an effect on you as you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, I guess it's just because it's like always been there for me. So, you know, through every phase of my like life, I can remember like as the different kinds of music came out and like got to be like where it is today. I mean, always like I feel like the one constant is just like always playing like the YouTube videos and like all of us always just dancing. We still well, my new group of friends that 
likes k-pop now too like we just still always go back and like haru haru uh, fantastic baby everything from big bang like we'll just still have living room dance parties and i feel like it just really brings all of us back to that time in our lives where we were just 12 13 listening to them and at the time like reading the lyrics now because translations have gotten so much better right like i didn't know any of these lyrics you know I wasn't into learning the language when I was 12, like, like I am today and can understand more today. But, you know, like the relationships, like that the songs talk about, it's just, it's so funny because it's like way more relative to me today in my 20s than at 12. But I just still, there was something about the music that I just always liked, always liked Epic High's sad lyrics and sad tones and Big Bang. I don't know. And Tang's solo music too. That was supreme. <laughs> that was great wedding dress forever <laughs> i got yeah. chills oh it's such a good yeah. song great so song good. um you know you mentioned growing up and not really understanding the lyrics but still connecting with the music do you feel like um your ability to adjust and acclimate into kind of a larger world as you got older was a benefit because you were exposed to a different culture's um entertainment media source um, and then kind of compare that with the people around you who perhaps weren't so exposed. Um, was there ever a bit of friction with just how you saw things perhaps maybe differently from other people around you? So I'll put, I'll put um, my individuality into more context. So I'm Jewish, which is already different from everyone else that I usually went to school with, the only Jewish person. So I had different holidays, different religious beliefs different this that whatever you know I always went to public school um my best friend one of my best friends as I mentioned was Korean and then the other one was black and so the three of us were a very (laughs) diverse trio and so definitely the fact that we had like such different I'll say minority perspectives on life did like really put into perspective for us like the way that the world was and for me, I've always liked learning about different cultures and studying different things. And I think that probably started because I've always had a diverse group of friends. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like listening to the music and it just like, it was just something that was like always there was just music that wasn't in English. <laughs> um, Israeli music, Brazilian music, Korean music, uh, Japanese anime music. Yeah, I've I've really loved all of these, but not as not so much American pop. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a different vibe. Yeah, no, it's, it it goes a long way to to have that multicultural perspective, right? Whether that's your friend circle or the things you're exposed to. Um, Did you ever have pushback from external groups, whether that's people who kind of saw you as different or um, even situations of bullying? Um, Was that ever a situation in your life? Yeah, never bullying. I feel like talking about identity, my Judaism is something that I could choose to hide, right? Like, it's not like an outward facing thing. I think um, Michelle in middle school kind of got some pushback for being Asian. It was a primarily black middle school um, not in not a great area. So I think just in general, everyone was like not happy and it's middle school. So everyone's not happy to be there. Um and I do remember, like, playing Big Bang and Epic High, like, out loud from, you know, our little whatever whatever we were watching on. I don't even know. Phones? What, like, our first smartphones in middle school. I remember, like, playing Big Bang in the, in the classroom, and someone was like, 
oh, what language is that? And, you know, Michelle's like, oh, it's it's Korean. And they're like, you can understand that? And she's like, yeah, I'm Korean. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. So that was cool. Like the first time that someone else that wasn't like the three of us heard that. But as far as bullying, there was never, never really any bullying. Um, and then for high school, the three of us wound up going to different high schools, but I went to an arts school. And so everyone was very open, <laughs> very gay. Um, you know, accepting of every kind of different difference that there could be, really. And so I think my high school experience was unique that, in that way. And then I made a another Korean friend in high school who was super into Super Junior. So, like, my K-pop kind of evolved from Big Bang to Super Junior. And, yeah, it was really cool. It really opened me to other K-pop, too, besides Big Bang. Gosh, it's fascinating. Just the yeah. the ebbs and flows of kind of what's similar in a lot of uh, formative years for a lot of people, I imagine. Yeah. Kind of the uh, questioning of where you belong in society amongst your peers. Oh, yeah. And then moving into a space that is far more welcoming. And then what that does, you know, as far as your adjustment into adulthood. Um, and it sounds like you were incredibly well adjusted and thoughtful and um intelligent and all those all the accolades i could possibly give you which uh there are far too many so we're just gonna move on um so with that and you know finding friends in high school that expose you to more music um you know how did you find the internet space of k-pop um you know kind of in the early days because i imagine that you were there during reddit without translations and then how did it evolve for you, um, you know, going through it over over a decade, you know, being a K-pop fan? Yeah, what I will say is, like, I wish I was, like, more invested in, like, learning the language sooner. Just be, I just really like the language and the culture. But um, as far as, like, watching it evolve, yeah, I, I remember, I, I was never, I've never been into Super Reddit, but I uh, read it super much. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but I, I remember like just even on YouTube, like trying to translate anything. This was before there's like subtitles or anything on YouTube. Like poor Michelle, she would have to like because we'd ask her, like, what it, what is it? Yeah, she'd translate like word by word for us. Um, so that was you know, it's always been nice for listening to K pop that we had like someone that was there to help us learn it and translate the music for us. Um, as far as, yeah, it's just like, there was like not a lot of resources. I feel like as far as when you first, like at that age, we're, we're diving in to Korean and, and the music and everything. Yeah, it was, it was something. And then like trying to pronounce things, thinking you're pronouncing it right, but obviously pronouncing it wrong. Um, I will say we are lucky. We have a Norabang here, um, which is funny cause there's, I live in, Florida there's like not a lot of Koreans here but there is a Norebang like near our college and so we've we went like for several years which was cool before the pandemic and seeing like the text with the songs like actually helped a lot like learn learning the language so but before that yeah <laughs> it was it was really hard to contextualize like lyrics and that kind of stuff in Korean how did you find Soju Talk um, and what kind of drew you to the podcast space to get more K-pop in your life? Yeah, so I actually, I got into like podcasts, like listening to podcasts, like before the pandemic, I feel like 2019 when I started my current job, because it's a desk job, so I can just have my headphones in all day. 
and I was already listening to K-pop all day, but I don't know. I like started getting into podcasts. So one day I just like on Spotify, I was like, there has to be a K-pop podcast. I literally just searched like K-pop podcast. And then Soju Talk was like the first one that came up. So I think the first episode that I listened to was um, in 2019. It was like about the Produce 101 scandal. And then after that, I was like, oh, yes, I'm watching this. Like, I can listen to the coverage of it. And I, I've listened to like every episode since then. Nice. No, that was similar to me. I think it was mid-2018, um, summertime, and I was about to go on vacation. I think I've told a version of the story. I don't actually know if I've kept the facts consistent. These are the facts, everyone. So I was going to go on vacation in Hawaii. It was in July, and I needed to just load podcast onto my phone. You know, I was listening to a lot of K-pop but you can only listen to so much. Sometimes you just need downtime. So I just searched. I remember putting on Eric Nam's podcast. Um, and I think there was at least two other ones that I found. And I found Soju Talk. And then during the vacation was when I binged at least like five to ten episodes. I don't remember the exact number. I remember they talked about Somi at one point. They talked about Itzy with uh, Icy at one point. It was just all a blend of different songs that came out in that span of three or four months. Um, and then from there, I said, I have Discord. I'm going to follow um, and I will join. So I just, you know, it, it does get a little foggy and hazy. Um, being 90, your, my memory is uh, it escapes me sometimes. So I do apologize. Um, but how did you find Discord? What kind of drew you into wanting to interact with not just Doug Warren and Anita, but now a community of people who are also listening to the Soja Talk podcast? Yeah, I, like, wasn't really into Discord for the longest time because I just thought it was, like, for video gamers. Gamers, really. Um, I I feel like that's how it definitely started. But I I think I probably found the Discord, like, late 2019, early 2020, and then definitely got way more into not just our our chat, our, our group, but, like, other groups as well, like, different fandoms and stuff. Like, 2020, for sure, during the pandemic. Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I'm not super active, but I do just try to pay attention to all the news. When I remember to vote, I vote, that kind of stuff. Just keep in touch and see everyone that's in the chat and what's going on. What are some groups that you found through Soju Talk that, you know, you wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise? Okay, so I feel like you said earlier about like being super into girl groups, paying more attention to girl groups than boy groups. I feel like I'm the opposite. <laughs> For the longest time, boy groups, like all boy groups. Um, yeah, so I feel like Soju Talk has definitely like helped me get into girl groups. And now I can say I love girl groups. Like they're so cute. Their outfits, like the music. Definitely like, yeah, I know. Definitely I wouldn't have really been into IZ1 without Doug talking it up all the time. IZ1, ITZY, even Dreamcatcher really. Like I had listened to some of them, but I really got into them more the more that they were talked up. So definitely, like, primarily the girl groups I've been helped to fall into and love as well. And oh. now I collect girls too, not just the boys. <laughs> all right. So a couple things to unpack. Uh, when all the Dreamcatcher fans on the server just um, applauded you, just stood up out of their seats, chairs, wherever they are. Um, if they're in traffic, they just stopped. Um, I think it consists of Koro, Dalmonic, Shinboy, Mina, Alice reach um i think they're called insomnias 
some insomnias, yeah. right? Not yeah. insomniac, insomnias. Yeah. So shout out to all the insomnias. Um, yeah, that song is, is fire right now. It's um, it's very popular on the server, surprisingly. Which I mean, not surprisingly, but I think more of like finally one song has captured everyone on the server as being a consensus dream catcher banger. Um, I did a whole thing on it. Well, Fanged Bard. So Fanged Bard is uh, he came on last week and we went on a deep dive on Dreamcatcher and Fantasy. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, he he is incredible. He did he he just he just thinks about things in a certain way. I'm just like I'm so yeah. jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's really cool that you found Dreamcatcher and that you're also part of this this oh, cult yeah. that we've all um, started to develop and everything. Um, Maybe it'll start to expand elsewhere. <laughs> Hey, I mean, there's just so much music, right? Um, I think they did mention it a little bit on the show that it's been a slow month for music, but there are some like bangers that popped off. I will just say, because it's a little bit of a slower month, I have inserted all the Queendom 2 songs into my regular uh, playlist, listening, discussion, um, thought process, brain function. I don't know, all these things. So... <laughs> On the yeah. one hand, like popular releases perhaps are a little slow, but on the other hand, I think new music is still a thing. Thank you, Queendom 2. Um, have you been watching Queendom 2? I'm two weeks behind. That's that's Because okay. they're very long episodes. Very long <laughs> episodes. Yeah, no, I... Well, I specifically set aside my Friday nights to watch it. Um, therefore, I don't have a social life, so you are probably far more well-adjusted than I do, and than I am, so shout out to you. <laughs> Big props. Go yeah, see the world. Go see real so people. So long, like pause, play, pause, play. It's it, it. I'm actually like captured. Not to go on a tangent, yeah. but I'm actually captured by the season. I was like a little disappointed by the the groups that I guess said yes or are on this season. But I, besides the caddy drama that I know Mnet just had to include, I've uh, I'm I'm liking these groups. They actually the girls actually have substance, so I've enjoyed watching it that that makes me really happy um if you yeah. are looking just to kind of look out for caddy drama uh we've got sinbi or unbi between oh. uh insua oh, it, no. they're playing into it 100 percent um because they're all friends but it's just so funny that she knows that this is what the camera's gonna catch so she's rolling her eyes and she's just on like sitting sideways in her chair and it's just like this is perfect on everything um and then exy um she is just exasperated this entire time you know she started off a little edgy and now she's just like so tired it's like they did better than us oh my god just like the weight of the world is on her shoulders and i just want to lift it from her oh, because really i'm girl, just have a good time yeah um exy you know if if you want to just sad because like i watched I, I love kingdom right all boy groups but watching kingdom and now watching queendom it's like okay they they do all these bonding activities to have all the guys become bros and become friends and they're doing all this competitive stuff to have the girls tear each other apart and I'm not a fan of that. But besides that, again, I like the performances and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. Just sit through the drama. I'm sure they're laughing behind the scenes, hopefully. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um it's definitely played up into a little bit. Um and then they are gonna go on a retreat this coming episode. So we're at the midpoint. Um it is yeah, it's the collaboration challenge. Um, just mute all the channels that will be talking about it. So all the group channels uh -huh. and the Queen of Two channel. Um, that's what I've done. So I don't get spoiled. But um, the preview did show. I a long show. car ride this weekend. So I'll be catching up. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, you are. You, you got it all planned out. All right. Uh, let's get into some Soju Talk music for this yeah. week. All right. So we, we're going to cover one song here. Um, because you are the guest of honor. 
and I let you choose. If it were me, I would have covered some Queendom songs, but you know, um, we're going to you know, balance things out. We're going to be a little fair and cover, yes, in fact, a boy group song with Very Very coming back with Undercover. I'm going to let you start. What are your initial thoughts and feelings? Oh, I will say, you didn't give me an option for the Queendom songs. Well, like new releases, I but know. then if yeah, it was just me doing an episode, I would have just talked about Queendom again. I have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I liked both the songs that were discussed on the on the other podcast this week. Uh, both four. I really liked the Spring Vibes. It was a pretty song. But, you know, my heart's with boy groups. So, yeah, very, very undercover. I'm I like them. I don't I'm not familiar with like the members names, but I'm, I would say I'm like a casual fan of them. I know they like debuted in 2018. I still really like um, Layback and Trigger and I like their dark concepts. So I feel like this was safe with the dark concepts for them. It was like I feel like very much in line for what they've put out before. Um, but I really liked the choreography and I've watched it just came out, so there's not too many live stage, stages yet. But the couple of live stages that I've watched, I just, I like their synergy, and I think they're, like, very in sync. Their choreography is really good. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to talk about them because I feel like the mid-tier boy groups, it's so hard for them to stand out. Like, I feel like they get lost a lot in the mid-tier boy groups. And so, yeah, I just, I liked it. I thought they did a good job. Um, will I continue to listen to it a lot? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, first impressions, the first five or six times, like, I'm still enjoying it, listening to it. Yeah, they mentioned this on the main show. Um, I think Doug had said that this was a nice time for this song to come out because it is a little bit slower in K-pop. Yeah. Um, specifically this week, it was only Bullfour and Very Very that got the majority of the um, the poll votes to be selected for the show. Um, and you know, honestly, if it was any other week with a bigger release, it might've gotten lost right. in the sauce and yeah, we may not sure. have gotten it, but it turns out it's actually a pretty good song to talk about. Um, you know, they, they did go into a lot of high praise for the song. I will say watching the music video, listening to the song, I did feel the level of quality was quite high for the song. Um, sometimes dark, edgy, uh, boy group concepts are a little, uh, it feels a little too familiar with the past yeah. versions of them from other groups, right? But for some yeah. reason, I think the music carried it pretty well. Um, Warren did mention it's a trap beat, but to me, it was very subtle um, in a way where it's not this overbearing, like, oh, this is trap. Um, not not overbearing, like, in a negative way. So I don't want to make like, a negative, negative comparison to, like, SM songs and YG songs. Um, but yeah. I think it's very clear that those songs are doing, like, trap heavy like hip-hop inspiration where this has a subtle trap beat to it that's also still very poppy so there's a little bit of a does, lightness to it right yeah yeah and i didn't really i didn't really hear the trap until after he had talked about it and i went back and was listening to it i'm like yeah and do you know what else yeah i want to hear more rap <laughs> i want to hear more of those lines and see where they could have gone with them because i i do think that they did a pretty good job the i think three the three rappers yeah awesome. yeah um not enough rap, I agree there, but I do think the blending of vocals and rap 
picked up really well, especially after the first chorus, where now they're just going back and forth with vocals, rap, vocal rap, rap. And I was surprised with just how well it worked for me. Um, again, not a very big like K-pop fan or yeah. K-pop boy group fan, um, but it's just one of those. It caught my attention in a really good way because it was executed so well. I think, yeah, yeah. And uh, I do, def- I definitely agree that if there was like I don't know other mid-tier groups that came out this week, AZES, if not any of them that have similar concepting, TO TO One now, yeah, it would have been like really hard to differentiate or really maybe like the song. But yeah, again, because it was kind of lacking not lacking slow on content um yeah i was able to give the song more attention so i liked it i think it did its job yeah great great (laughs) timing for the release um there was a point on the show that i do want to bring up um and ask you about so um we had a very uh divided opinion about the last third of the song so doug (laughs) brings up the guitar switch up at the end and he boldly states that this is the top three favorite k-pop music moment of 2022 in which warren immediately disagrees and says top three awkward k-pop moment um and then we have anita you know trying to be nice and say i'm kind of in the middle but more on warren's side what did you think about the last third of the song i think from the bridge it didn't even bother me until they talked about it like it was fine to me i enjoyed the song i didn't even really notice it until they talked about it so of course then you have to go back and analyze and listen to it and then i'm like yeah maybe they could have put something else there i don't want to say i'm in the middle because again i was like satisfied and it was fine until they brought it up but definitely i was like it could have been changed with something else like i'm not like a production expert at all i'm not i don't know that much about music production but i uh it it was awkward (laughs) like once you once you're listening for it i feel like it was i don't think awkward's the right word but misplaced almost like something else could have gone there instead yeah it's one of those um psychological effects where you go into a room and you're asked to look at the room and explain describe the room right and then all of a sudden the person says oh look for everything that's blue and either you find everything that's blue and it's overwhelming or you find nothing that's blue and you say, where's the blue? But your initial experience is, oh, I'm telling you that there's a window here, that there's a carpet, um, there's a beige door frame. And then all of a sudden, that's the only thing you can focus on. Um, I agree in the sense that the way it ended wasn't this flourish, right? Where it felt like it was a very hard hitting song the, the entire time. And the end, after noticing the fact that it was a guitar switch up, like primary, like sound, really felt like it was fading out of the song as opposed to just like putting a exclamation point. Right. Um, But I will say, because I noticed the guitar at the end, I was able to pay attention throughout the song to see if that's that was a new element added. No, it's actually in the song throughout, in addition to the trap beat. So two things right one maybe it wasn't ended and executed well but because now i'm paying attention to the guitar riff throughout the song it's kind of cool that they incorporated that in a super subtle way along with the trap so i would i don't know i'm kind of pushed and pulled right where it's the end may not have been the best but then now it actually elevates the rest of the song for me yeah Yeah, it like i agree when i went back to listen to it you could hear it like subtly but if it's you know if you're listening to the trap or even lyrics or if you're not paying attention, you're not going to see that it's there. Um, it kind of, the ending, like when it was 
sololy that's not a word when it was just the guitar riff at the end it really kind of reminded me of like a latina song influence i don't know because it was just not that long so i just don't i didn't really think it was that big of a deal but again yeah with the blue room example it's like now you can't unsee it <laughs> yeah 100 so um some of the visuals um i guess space fantasy is just a really popular thing this year so many groups, yeah. guy groups and girl groups are using Space Fantasy. Um, I mean, we just got Dreamcatcher going into many, many, many portals into different dimensions and worlds that they all reside in. Um, this one, I can tell that there was lore, but it didn't hamper or take my attention away from what was happening on screen. Um, I think to me, that's a good sign where I can understand that there's lore for the fans who want it. But it's right. just a lot of cool visuals. It's a lot of cool like modern takes on fantasy and science fiction tropes um, that didn't overpower the music, the performance, and um, the members as the visual centerpiece for the music video. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, one thing, it's not even like a gripe or anything. It's just like, I guess Korea is just very liberal about this. Um, gun violence in Korea is just, it's cool. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the thumbnail, or one of the thumbnails at least that I saw. Yeah, there's a yeah, it just they have the members shoot each other, no problem. I'm like, oh. I have not done that too. Just quick example off the top of my yeah. head of someone else that's done it casually. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like when I went back to watch the video for the second time, I I noticed the the. Oh, now I can't think of the, the thumbnail. <laughs> I noticed the thumbnail and I was like, there's there's something that they probably should have used like a different thumbnail. Um, not promoting that would be nice considering the state of the world right now. But yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that, that they're so lax on letting stuff like that be released. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Korean entertainment is very interesting about well, an interesting perspective about guns, right? Because I think um, laws within the country are very strict about gun use. Um, mm -hmm. I think similar to Japan, where it's um, almost outlawed to like carry a gun. Um, but then gun portrayal is super relaxed, right? Where it's just like, oh, let's just have like these underage people like hold guns all the time and like shoot each other. I mean, my the and example like, that comes all the dramas, the yeah. stunts that they like to pull, all that stuff. Yeah. The guns are bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so I love Itzy. Um, yeah. That mama performance was great until Ryujin, you know, gets a gun and, you know, starts flailing it around. Shout out to the stunt choreographer. That's pretty cool. Good job, Ryujin. But again, like the, the gun is just like she's just going to shoot this guy, um, the guy from Squid Game, the, um, the evil guy. Um, yeah. So it's just. I don't know. I, I again, not wrong, not right. It's just I'm just. It's very surprising when it's so just clear in your face. Like we're just gonna do this as part of the story. I'm, yeah, maybe we notice it more too because in the Western, there's there's been a lot of gun violence here lately. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're thinking about that or like who consumes their media or the age or anything. But they should be thinking about that. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. my favorite part, but yeah. overall, I still like the song. Yeah, same. 
Um, as long as they haven't incorporated it into live performances, which so far they haven't. I mean, you never know. If if this song is the pop-off song, there could be a mid-season stage, a mid-year stage that's um, going to incorporate some kind of and stuff. Wasn't there gun choreography on Kingdom? Like a number of groups? Yes. Did, yeah. Right? SF9. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably very, very too. Yeah. Uh, well, on Road to Kingdom, they were on Road to Kingdom, but definitely SF9 on Kingdom. Yeah. Um, maybe ATs with the the pirate ship stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it is portrayed, I think, too much. Yeah. More than it should be. <laughs> yeah, but I think it also does go to the separation in or like the divide in culture, right? Where I think just For overall, sure. it's accepted very differently in Korea, where. You know, them seeing an image like that doesn't have the same um, historical context or like modern historical context. Where yeah. if you see something like that in the United States, it's like, well, we just experienced another gun incident like maybe weeks ago. So it's it's a maybe different. Maybe don't perform with those props. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different visual experience. Yeah. Um, I had one thing, yeah. but I'm not gonna. You know, yeah, we're just gonna. I'll just say one one word and then we'll move on. And mix was mentioned. Interesting, cool, good job, main show, good job, Doug. Um, I, I don't think the uh, transitions are uh, too similar, but oh. interesting oh, yeah. that the hub production team uh, members of it at least are on the song. I didn't feel like there was too much of an influence or like a crossover no. with it and mix song, but. Um, nice little fact that Warren. Kind no, of it's so funny. I, I immediately, like, after listening to that, went back and watched the some of the Nmix live stages today. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't really. I didn't really see that much. Same similarity, resemblance. I don't know. Yeah, but um, good little factoid to know because I think that's kind of the expansion of knowledge that the podcast um, provides for me. Is that now I'm paying attention to things like producers. Um, producer credits, and then where else have they done music? Um, Dem Joints was also brought up um, mm -hmm. on the show, which they are incredibly well-known in SM. And now my brain is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I like all these songs that they do. So uh, just really cool to have those little um, things sprinkled out throughout the show. So shout out Doug, Warren, and yeah. Anita. I always have to pause and like go write them down to look them up later. Always. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Producers and stuff like that. Because that stuff is so interesting to know, or like who's written what song. What phrase, what parts, yeah. Right, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just, just great to have the crew um, give us that little extra bit of knowledge. All right. Um, we're going to move into some closing thoughts slash personal stories. So, you know, we did get to know your origin a bit, but we're going to get to know you present day, Haley. So um, if you don't know, Haley has an Instagram account where she is incredibly <laughs> popular amongst the literary elite um you know she reads a ton of books um i'm going to throw one at you i have not <laughs> read this book yet um i just checked it out from the library you have um, a physical copy okay yeah well so I, I i tend to just go to barnes and nobles um without buying anything i just go to, to browse browse yeah yeah um and uh, I don't buy books anymore. One, I don't have the space. Two, uh, I, I don't really want to spend the money because there are libraries that exist. But I yes. saw this and then I saw okay. the, um, the Barnes and Nobles uh, recommended like review by the staff. Right. I've read it. And I was like, that is up my alley of things I'd like to read. So the book is In Order to Live 
a North Korean girl's journey oh. to freedom by Yunmi Park with yeah, Marion Vollers. Here is the book right here. Um, oh, that's a different cover than the one I have. Yes, it I is. I did, I did yeah. see on, on your Instagram, but I saw the title. I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't read it yet, but if um, you would like, please review, preview the book for the listeners. Um, and why should we read this book? Why should we dig into it? Well, I have not read it yet either. It's been sitting beside my bed for a very long time. I will tell you, March was um, Korean Literature Month, so I just didn't wind up getting around to it. March was very busy. But hopefully I'll get around to it soon. But Yeonmi, soon. But Yeonmi is really cool. So she actually has a podcast too. Um, yeah, she has a podcast, I think, and a YouTube channel. And that's how I found her was, you know, just like when all you research and do stuff is around Korean culture, other stuff comes up too. So she does um, pretty much like history, current events, um, guests, like other people that have, what's the word, like le- left North Korea, what's this? there's a term for it, but you know, like have left North Korea. Um, and I know so what you're saying. Escape. Yes. I know yeah. there's a word yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so she kind of like goes into the different stories with that, the people expatriate that's not the right word anyway like the north koreans that have left um and have stories about leaving she kind of goes into their stories with them on her youtube channel she also covers see i really don't know how she learns like unless she has like inside sources somehow how she knows about all the current events that kind of still happen in north korea but she covers a lot of current day stuff with the is he called a president I don't know, you know. I think yeah. they probably call him in in within the country. They call yeah, him the call president, him president, right? Um, so and you then know, everyone outside the country has a different title for him, of course, right? And not as nice yeah. word. <laughs> but yeah, she covers like a lot of stuff with him um, currently, like why he's so bad, and just educating people on North Korea. So she's really interesting. She's a public speaker. She goes to universities and stuff. Um, the book is her memoir. So again, like I said, I haven't read it yet. It's pretty thick and dense and I need to be in the right mindset because I think there's a lot of um, sad and unfortunate stories in the book about her escaping North Korea. But it's pretty much her memoir. It's her account of how she got to where she is today with her current job as, you know, a social media public speaker, educator on North Korea and, and why we should really be paying attention to it. It's her story of how she escaped, her family, where they're at now, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, she's she's one to watch. She's really interesting. I hope she starts to get more notoriety in, in a uh, positive way. That's incredible. I had no idea that she had such a presence and that she, yeah. um, one, is an academic, but then two, um, does these appearances to not only educate people, but expose people to um, like the firsthand accounts from a a younger person, right? Because I think oftentimes yeah. the perception is it's um, like an older um, an older person leaving the country and then having this difficult adjustment period to uh, Western modern society. When and, in like, fact... doesn't even want to talk about their story yeah, usually. Yeah, because a lot of times they've grown up with like, suppression or with yeah. just the um, East Asian culture of humility, right? Like never wanting to speak out about things where you have this person who is very clearly a young person um, who is intelligent, who is uh, perceptive of how 
the world responds to news coming out of North Korea, and now they're able to um, share that story. I'm going to dig into this book and then just learn so much about her. I am so excited. I'm going to find her yeah, YouTube I'll channel. I'll read it too. Message me when you read it. We can discuss it. Uh, we're going to, okay, we're going to, all right, pin this, everyone. Um, yeah. We're going to do a follow-up Soju Sessions book review. Um, this is no joke because I do want to read this. Um, yeah, no, we're going to do this. Um, it is at the end of April right now, so give me at least a month, maybe two. Take your time. What's your reading speed? Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I've read thirteen months, thirteen books this month. What's your reading speed? <laughs> you read thirteen this, books this month. This is the this like yeah um yeah. <laughs> it's the most I've read in a really long time. I've had some. I don't want to say downtime. I was working remote, and we've transitioned back to the office during slow season for whatever reason. I bring a book with me to work, and we because we've been slow, I've gotten in a lot of reading time. So, yes, 13 books this month. For audio-only listeners, the look on my face is of sheer <laughs> disbelief and ghastly shock. Amazing. Okay, how many books have you read this year? God, you are just an incredibly <laughs> inspirational person. My goal this year was 40 I'm at five, so good job. That's me. a good goal. That's like that's a good goal. That's a thick goal. So. But I'm at five. It is quarter one is over. <laughs> you got it. Uh, I, Just I, read ten next quarter. God, you are so encouraging. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? No, we're gonna do this. I had a couple books in mind. I'm gonna. Uh, just flip this and just ask you of the 20 books that you read of the 40 books that you read this past month of the the 60 books you read this past month what uh what stood out only to you? 41 this year <laughs> uh, what has stood out to you the most and oh. um yeah what has stood out to you the most and what's one that you would recommend um but yeah like an entry-level person who wants to get into the types of genres that you're interested into okay well i prepared with the recommendation so because i feel like i know the general audience for this podcast i had two recommendations prepared both uh korean authors the first one is if i had your face by um francis cha is her name and it's really interesting it's it's short it's i think it's like 250 pages at most it's it's not that long but it's an interesting fiction read on um the salon girls and the culture of them in Korea. So it follows like four different girls. And then um, I think they're called salon girls, parlor girls. No salon girl sounds more accurate. And it just kind of follows them on their daily lives. And it's just, um, it just like accounts their lives. And yeah, I mean, there's not much else to be said. It's, it's pretty short, but it's interesting to kind of see that culture, um, how they interact with men, how they interact with each other. Um, the really sad reality of like plastic surgery it kind of goes into that so um yeah i don't know girls just like tear each other apart and that's i think global um but looking at it from a korean perspective is really interesting so that one's a good one um and then the other one the fun one that i had recommended there's been like a bunch of they're all korean authors for the most part but there's been like a bunch of korean relate k-pop related books that have come out so, you know, with the rise of BTS and all the other K-pop groups comes 
the K-pop books. So the one I have to recommend is called XOXO. Um, the author, her name is Axie O. Oh. She's also Korean. And the story follows like a young adult cello player. She moves to Seoul, falls in love with a K-pop idol. Very fluffy. Um, yeah, it's it's a serious world. So if you need to take your mind out, like really, I recommend reading or writing. That's my other hobby, but definitely reading <laughs> about K-pop. Yeah. So those are my two recs. Amazing. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like non-Korean things that I've read this year. Um, but you can visit my Instagram if you want more recs. Yes. All of this will be in the <laughs> description. So the two books that you recommended, can you repeat those books again real quick? Yeah. I'll shoot them to you later in a DM too. But uh, if I had your face and then XOXO. Perfect. If I had your face on XOXO, both will be in the description of the episode on YouTube and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as um, your Instagram handle to see what you are reading. Um, all right. So books, this is just going to turn into book talk. Um, I have <laughs> been wanting to do a book talk podcast for decades. Um, I know podcasts have only been out for maybe like a decade or so, but you know, I'm old and I don't understand time. But um, I do have to now ask about the two books that have affected me most over the past year and a half. The first one being Crying in H Mart. Oh. Um, let, me, let me take this twist on it. So seeing and reading kind of the story of Michelle's honor and, you know, where she is today as far as how she talks about it in public appearances. She was just on um, Kelly Clarkson's show amazing um what are some of the similarities that you saw um you know growing up with a friend who is korean um and then also the similarities that you saw in yourself uh, because she is half um like european anglo-european i think is yeah european white um and white. <laughs> right like i she i know she does describe what her dad's ethnic background yeah. is right just for context of um, who yeah. she is but i think it's still very much ingrained in um just being um uh, culturally white uh, american white right um and kind of the similarities that you saw from in your own experiences in life um like you said kind of you know being outside facing uh more readily accepted but then still very culturally different from your surroundings yeah so i started i have it next to my bed. I started that one, didn't finish it again. But the other thing that I can say um, about like even uh, listening to her talk about like her mom's immigrant story is um, my boyfriend is also diverse. He's Vietnamese and he's first generation. So even, yeah, I know I'm all over the place. You so, are so <laughs> cool. What the heck? <laughs> I know, but at the end of the day, I'm white. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, it's like, just been it was really interesting because listening to her talk on podcasts about her story because I only knew her from her music like I only knew her from Japanese breakfast I, I loved that group they were great I didn't even really think about like I knew she was half Korean but I didn't really think about what that meant until like you know all of the publicity around the book came out um I don't really know I can't really draw any similarities just besides like you know first generation like just she talking about and crying for her mother's story really is just like something I feel like a lot of first generation kids go through like you know and they 
they think they know that it's so hard, like watching their parents go through it and like, you know, being frustrated with having to translate or explain or all of these things that a lot of um, Americans that, you know, aren't first generation don't have experience with. Um, It's just really like opened my eyes to like being more patient with people. Um, Even in Florida, I mean, we have so many first generation, like from South America and from Cuba and that kind of thing. So just in general, it's like really made me have patience for people whose first language is not English. Like, yeah, like my boyfriend's mother does not speak any English, just Vietnamese. So that that's been something <laughs> incredibly, but, um, incredibly insightful. Yeah, and I try. Um, no, you're. you're I really you're try. Doing fantastic. Um, the second <laughs> book I'd like to bring up. Um, yes. This is very much a heavy story about immigrants, about a world um, that essentially was colonized and has had a very up and down history over the past century. Um, the the book and story takes place over that time period from the 1900s up until modern, I think about 1980. Um, it's Pachinko. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I have not watched the show yet. <laughs> but let's go with the book. Let's go with yeah, the book. I yeah, don't want to yeah. spoil the show. Yeah. Um, I will just say the spoil the show is gorgeous. Oh my oh, god. It has Lee Min Ho in it. No, I'm just well, kidding. I mean, just, I'm yes, yes. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a cinematic, uh, uh, cinematography point of view. Uh, <laughs> Apple TV, Apple company, excellent uh, job footing that bill. Good job, money. Money is good. Yeah. Um, but what do you just for for those who may not know the story and maybe daunted mm-hmm. by the fact that it is such a large book? Um, oh my god! In a lot of ways, it is a bit of a memoir, but it's a fictional memoir. Um, I have it right next to me. I'm like 300 pages through it yeah it's thick yeah um <laughs> how how would you kind of describe it as um something worth your while to read um i think anyone that's like looking to journey with the main characters at, through time i would say and really like get a different kind of perception on life that's so vague but I mean, okay, the writing style is just beautiful. Let's talk about the writing for a second. Like, she just does, like, a really good job. I don't think I've really read anything quite the way she writes. I was really scared to go into this book. I put it off for the longest time just because it looked like such a dense story. But the first thing that I will say is that it reads really easily. So even if you're not, like, an avid reader and if you feel like you struggle with language and stuff, this book, like, you shouldn't worry about that. It reads really easily. Um, back to the story. Yeah, it's just like a really beautiful journey that takes place um, Japan and Korea and like examining those two places during this time. If uh, Asian culture is anything that you're particularly interested in, or even if it's not, if you just want to broaden your horizons on a different kind of way of life in a different time period, uh, you should definitely read it and then definitely look forward to the Apple show. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean the book just takes you on a journey through someone's life. I mean it's a it's a regular person. She doesn't know life any different. The main character that I've read so far doesn't know life any differently than um how she's living it. And of course there's some really heart-wrenching, heartbreaking parts, but I mean overall I just think it's such a beautifully told story and I can't believe it's fiction. Amazing. I have chills. Um, I want to reread it now, even though it will probably take me two months to reread. But how long ago did you read it? Uh, uh, a year ago now. 
over a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Over a year ago. Uh, I'm, yeah, it was it was a, a New Year's resolution from last year. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to read this right away. And I did. Uh, I since I picked up it up in December, I finished it in January, which is like a couple weeks of there. So, yeah. Um, it's heavy. That's why I've taken so long. I've picked it up and put it down. I mean, I really love it. I think I'm, I definitely will finish it hopefully soon. But um, I, I do encourage everyone to read it just because it's such a diverse story. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, well, one last thing. One, one last, 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 last thing. Um, <laughs> you said you're a writer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What are you, what are you writing right now? Fanfic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you did, um, please tell no. us about it. <laughs> no, you know, what's funny. I've, I've tried, but I've like never gotten into fan fiction. Like, I feel like I was just always like a solidly own fiction writer first. And then I tried with fan fiction later when it became more popular, like, you know, high school when I went to the art school. Um, yeah, I've been writing like my own creative writing stuff since fourth grade. <laughs> took a writing class with with that friend um yeah we both fell into in love with writing so the art school that I went to I actually had to apply with the portfolio to get in my major for I know high school high school 14 year old kid with the portfolio got it yeah it was um writing because I applied for creative writing and so, yeah, so I've been writing for a really long time. What do I like to write? That was the question. I really enjoy writing poetry and fiction. I'm like in the middle of drafting very loosely, like three or four different novels, ideas. So, um, yeah, I really play around. Yeah, with I would the ultimate goal, you know, we all say this is to be a published um, novel writer eventually, but. Yeah, I have like three or four ideas that I've been playing around with the last couple of years. A new one just popped in my head, so we'll see what happens. And then when I don't feel like getting into plot, I write poetry. So those are like my two areas. God, you're so cool. My brain is like yeah. melting. It's like, what else? We haven't could even I talked ask? about anime and other stuff. <laughs> you didn't. Oh, my. All right. Uh, I know. I mentioned that nowhere. Four hour episode of Soju Sessions yeah. uh coming up right now. Uh no, we'll we're we're gonna have you back on for sure because we do have to follow up on the to be continued of book In Order to yeah. Live book club. Uh, we are going to absolutely do that as a review. Um yeah, no. Um so much to talk about. And yeah. Any any closing thoughts you have for the audience and the Soju Talk community, just in general? Thanks guys for listening. <laughs> um yeah i'll talk about k-pop and reading any day of the week and go watch spy x family because it's really good but <laughs> my coworker yeah. just told me to watch to watch i think watch but then she also said the manga is something she wants to read too so i'm just like well okay i guess everyone loves this it's good i haven't started with the manga because mostly because i don't want to buy it but so far I've, i'm into the anime so Gosh, you are so connected. You're Next so conversation. No, you are so just like with it. You're so connected to the world. You're so uh, man, man. Fine, we'll chat again later. Um, we'll chat again. Yeah. Oh, God. but I didn't tell you that I saw. So this plugs back into the middle school thing with Epic High. I got to fulfill my dream of meeting Tablo last month because I saw Epic High in Orlando, Florida. 
and I bought VIP. <laughs> so that that's a great note to end it on. <laughs> that that fulfilled like a very long time childhood dream. It was very cool to meet him. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to me to me talk about people. You PayPal. are incredible. Your journey is uh, so full of so many peaks. Um, I am clearly a valley in this, so um, you know we're definitely gonna have you back on. I'll figure something out if I have to put off talking about K-pop music for weeks on end. We're just gonna make it happen because you know sometimes in life you have to make concessions. Not to say this no, is a concession. This is just this is life, right? All right, um, <laughs> Haley, this was a pleasure. Um, yeah, uh, plug your um, Instagram handle. Um. Haley, H-A-U-I-L-E-Y, in pages, I-N-P-A-G-E-S. Perfect. You can find me talking about books and K-pop over there. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Of course, of course. Yeah, all this information will be in the description below. Um, so you can find it, um, follow her, get to know her thoughts and recommendations because she's got a lot of them. All right, signing out, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Soju Sessions on the Soju Talk Nation podcast feed. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-Pop Podcast Discord. For Haley, I'm Crispy, and this has been the Soju Sessions. Bye.